Welcome to another episode of Kick-Ass Conversations with Louise and Kim. We are here in the beginning of uh, June. <laughs> <laughs> the needle just went off the record on that one. We are in June and we are joined by Michelle Delgado and we were going to learn a little bit, a lot about uh, Michelle in just a little bit. But we want to get started how we always start. We want to talk about what we're celebrating this week. What what kind of wonderful things do we have to celebrate here? I am. <laughs> Either I'm one. Uh, I think today, so I know you said beginning of June, but it feels like we are in deep August uh, in the middle of a heat wave. Uh, I don't know to be happy or sad about that because I think it was 10 days ago, it feels like it was snowing here, but um, um, keeping me on my toes. And I think I'm celebrating that a little bit, not just the weather, but my business and uh, all the things that are going on in my life. Um, I like to celebrate that it is never a dull moment around here lately. Um, and it gives me the opportunity to practice my pivoting um, in all kinds of ways. Um, so I, I think that's what I'm celebrating today. Uh, it's just looking at, at all of the chaos that's going on and in just that little bit different way today. Nice. Very cool. How about you, Michelle? What are you celebrating? Well, um, we as a family, my husband and I, we are in the transition of moving, downsizing and starting a new chapter. So I'm celebrating uh, when this will be over so we can, <laughs> we can start and really enjoy. Um, but uh, June is a very, um, it's an exciting month. Uh, we have a new granddaughter and she'll be a year old next week. So we're celebrating her. Um, we're celebrating our family being, you know, just, we have a lot of birthdays in the summer. So we're, we're just kicking off the summer and celebrating all the good stuff that's happening there. Mm -hmm. Um, business wise, professionally, I'm celebrating that I'm having some really great conversations with clients that are like, you're having those aha moments, you know, and you can just really dig into some good stuff. So I'm celebrating that as well. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. I love that. Lots of celebrations. Lots of celebrations for That's sure. That's fantastic. I am celebrating as we step into June, I am celebrating the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, a hundred percent, a hundred thousand percent. Um, I am, um, proud ally, um, and with lots of family members and friends, um, who have, I've grown up in the community, um, and, am just, I am proud of every member that I know and that I don't know in the community. And so I am celebrating that we are in Pride Month. And while it is hard right now mm. um, for so many, um, mm -hmm. we're just going to keep fighting. We are just going to keep fighting because love wins. It, yeah. it has won in the past. It will won, win in the future. And I just yeah. know it. So I am celebrating that with all my heart. Um, all month long, but it's actually all year long. Um, so uh, that makes me super happy. And um, yeah, that's really what I want to celebrate today. So awesome. Uh, Michelle, and well, I actually want to, it's it's tied to that. I will be in New York City twice this month, which is phenomenal. I, I don't get down to the city that often. And I'm super excited I'm going to be in the city twice. And the second weekend I'm there is when the March is there. And I've never been 
to the Pride March in New York. I've been in Chicago, but never in New York City. So, wow, <laughs> very exciting. When are you going to be here in New York? So I'll be there the weekend of the 17th and 18th, and then I'll be there the following weekend, the weekend of the 23rd, 24th, 25th. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. I'll be knee deep in boxes, carts, crates, you name it. <laughs> I <Love>. know. <laughs> I might be able to bring you that glass of wine or coffee in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We went there the other day and my husband's like, okay, what? the refrigerator is working, so why not bring a couple of things? And I was like, three couple of plastic cups. And he's like, okay, we got this bottle of ginger ale. I'm like, ginger ale? That's so... <laughs> <laughs> That's you went to downsizing, like. not to retirement home. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I can understand that, but that, that sounds great that you're going to come. And June is such a um, nice, although today it's like almost 90 degrees. Um, yeah, it's a little toasty. <laughs> yeah, I think we're feeling all across North America is feeling it right now. It yes. is. It is a hot one. All right. For sure. Michelle, let's let the world know about you. I'm going to read what you shared with us in your bio. Okay. So uh, Michelle was born the daughter of a single Latina mother and worked her way into executive leadership. She founded Heart Metrics with the belief that everyone should be acknowledged for their talents and encouraged to pursue their dreams regardless of their resources. Michelle is a mentor with a passion to create positive change for both individuals and organizations. The mission of Heartmetrics is to empower leaders who find themselves navigating the complexity of imposter syndrome by helping them implement systems to achieve their desired outcomes for positive growth. I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much. Oh, we got tingles. <laughs> I did. Some goosebumps. I love it. Thank you. Um, that sounds like uh, a job that just brings light into your life every day. Yes. Um, you know, this is such perfect timing. I just had a, um, a call with someone and, you know, we, we can really be very hard on ourselves sometimes, you know, and, and kind of just forget all the wins, forget how special we all are in our own way. And so when you can encourage somebody to remind them of how special they are and they can start to feel it themselves, it's, it's so rewarding. It, it kind of lifts your, yourself up, even when you may not be having such a great day to tell somebody else you're wonderful, look at how much you've done, how much you've accomplished. Um, that's pretty powerful stuff and very special. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I know for myself, coaching was not something like I went to school for and I always dreamed I would be a coach running my own business because I would bet seven years ago, I didn't even know coaching was a thing. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your career journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So um, thank you for asking me that. Um, you mentioned that seven years ago, coaching, you know, you may not have known. So I actually, uh, my mom was an executive coach. And before she was an executive coach, she was a school teacher. Um, so she was always coaching in some way. So I think that we were raised in that environment, no matter what. Um, but before I got into coaching and doing consulting like I'm doing today, I was in the travel industry. Um, I started out as, you know, frontline booking travel, worked my way up, team lead, supervisor, um, all operations. 
I always had a team. Once I once I worked my way up, I always had a team. So I was always in that coaching and mentoring mode and helping people elevate their own careers. Um, from there, I moved into account management. And so I was working with clients and kind of, again, consulting in that space of their programs, mostly on the corporate side. Um, did that for many, many years. And then uh, four years prior to the pandemic, I moved into luxury leisure travel. Um, and again, I found myself, even though I was doing operations, um, we had internal clients. They were independent contractors who had their own business. And so part of our responsibility was to coach, consult, and mentor them on how they can grow their business. And we were support to that. So it's it's been a path there underlying all along. Um, then, of course, the world decided, you know, travel is not happening. Um, <laughs> we're getting a divorce. Uh, and so uh, I said, well, gee, this is something new because I had been in the industry for 30 years. And I thought, well, you know, the last company that I was with, I was going to just, you know, sunset. And that was, you know, that was retirement for me. Um, so I decided in fall of 2020, when things were not returning at a pace that, you know, was going to be suitable for me. Um, I got some certifications. I did a lot of learning and reading. And then January of 2021, I decided to start my own consulting and coaching. So my, my thought was, oh, I'd work in that same space of operations. I, you know, I had that strategic process all the time in my brain. Um, but I found that career coaching, professional development just kind of fell in my lap. So, you know, as you know, whenever you have a, a business and you're an entrepreneur, when things may not look so great, you have to kind of listen and feel, okay, where does, what's the direction the business is going in now? And so last year I did a lot of professional development, career coaching, continuing to do that today and still working within some organizations doing some one-on-one -on -one strategic um, consulting. Um, and then starting to do some, I've been doing some speaking engagements with some women leadership groups. So that's been very exciting as well. Um, so much fun um, when we can find that thread, right? When we can oh, yeah. just pull that through and, and land in a place that just, just, vibrates just like you gave me goosebumps when you were talking but it really does right it just it yeah. has this harmony when you can pull this this thread through absolutely absolutely yeah it did you know what it was it wasn't until because i never thought when i was as an employee i never thought about being an entrepreneur like some people say oh i want to run my own business i don't i grew up with i need the paycheck i need to have security I need to have, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, I was very fortunate that during that time, uh, we were, my husband was looking to retire. We did well as far as to be able to save and to, you know, manage and not be on the street kind of thing. <laughs> um, so to be able to do this without even thinking like, this is my dream was really kind of scary. You know, it was like, okay, how's this going to work? But I had real. I had to pull all that knowledge that I was doing for others. Like, okay, this is what you do. This, I had to just kind of take that and put it into my own business. So, um, it was really nice to be able to see that. Okay, I do have the experience. I do have the skills. I just have to put it into practice. 
What I love about what you just shared is that you, and I've seen this with many of my clients, but just many friends as well, is like yeah. falling into that, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I must not be good at this. I can't do this. Like speak into One, that just a little bit. 100%. Um, I actually, when I had the conversation about starting my business, I was talking to a, a good friend who's also a client. And I was sharing with her, because even in January of 2021, I was still looking for a job. I thought, well, I'm just going to get, and I was an executive in my previous role. So it wasn't like I was going to take a job that just, you know, um, X salary and jump right in. People saw what I, my resume, my salary expectations, and it was like, okay, whoa, we're in a pandemic, we can't afford you, and you're going to ask for way too much, and you have too much experience. And then, of course, there's the ageism and biases that all came ramping in my head um so when i when i realized that i needed to look at something else my friend client said to me why don't you just do it yourself just go out on your own now she's been an entrepreneur for many years so for her it was like an easy thing to say but i was like really you think so it's like she's like you have the experience and then when i would get into modes you know, in the conversation mode to help somebody, it was like, oh yeah, I can do this on my own, you know? But it was it was that, oh no, that's not me. I can't do that. I don't have the experience. Yeah, such BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that, right? It's, we were yeah. talking today about unmasking the imposter within. That's that mask that so many of us wear. Yeah. Like we're reading it from the inside saying, I can't yeah. do that, that's not me. Right. 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 I know this thing over here. This is me. Right. That's not me. Right. Right. And we think sometimes as, you know, as an early entrepreneur for myself, I still think early because it's only a few years. I think sometimes we forget that we don't have to know and do and be subject experts for everything. We just have to know where we have to go for the resources to ask for help or to get advice. Um, I lead a women's leadership group once a month. I started two years ago because I just needed to be able to have conversations with people. <laughs> you know, in the pandemic, you're stuck at home and, you know, who are you talking to after a while? Um, and it's so amazing when you speak to these women that one little aha moment breaks open that chain for others because we all seem to have that, oh, I, mm, no, I can't do that. Couldn't possibly do that. What if somebody finds out I'm a fraud? You know, it's uh, it's scary sometimes, but I've found a new trick that I go, oh, I'm having imposter syndrome. Like I'm having a headache. Oh yeah, okay, thank you for coming. And I'm good now and I'll see you later. And then I kind of move on. I mean, it doesn't work all the time, but it definitely has been a huge change for me because if you get stuck in that vortex of you can't do it or you don't know, or you're a fraud, can ruin the day. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, you know, when we're learning and growing and we're, when we're in those spaces that we really want to be in, right. When we're, yeah. when we're learners and growers ourselves, that's yeah. the space we want to be in. And yet that's the space where we don't know anything most yeah. of the time because we're learning and growing. We're not supposed to know everything, right? But that, but that activates that imposter, right? Like that just starts poking the beast over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. 
when you can acknowledge, um, I did a talk on imposter syndrome for a client and there's one, I'm just visioning one of the slides that I had. And it's like, when you can acknowledge that you don't know uh, something, but you're in the space to learn, that's a very powerful place to be in. What you don't know, I said this to a client once, I said, you know, um, you don't know what you don't know. People who live in that space, he says they're very happy. <laughs> it's true, you know, who knows what you don't know. But I, I find that being in that space where I have to learn, that's a really powerful place to be. It's so interesting is we forget that we're actually learning all of the time. Right. We, from the time we are born until our last breath, we are always learning. We're always evolving. We're always growing. And yet we put so much pressure and emphasis on, I should know that. Yeah. Right? I, oh, yeah. And, and what's fascinating to me is like, when does that change for us? Because I had this very, I, I have a 13 year old and, and not super over the top confident, but definitely a confident kid. And she suddenly is in this place where it's, but I should know that. And she gets very upset when she doesn't, when it's like, how could you possibly know that at 13? And so when we like, when is that, that that starts and how long do we carry that until we get back to this place of, no, but I'm always learning. Yeah. Do you think that sometimes children at that age, when they feel like, oh, I should know it's the, it's the pressure, it's the peer pressure of somebody else knows. And I don't, because we do that as adults. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I think some of, sure. Some of it is that, and it's some of it. I'm, she does it with me. It's like, I know something. So she feels she should know. And I'm like, ah. I'm 40 years older than you. Like <laughs> there's no way you could know all the things I learned in those 40 years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want, I do wonder though, um, when, especially I think for women, cause I can't speak for a man, but I do wonder if women, if they have that at that age, do they carry it so much that it creates even more imposter syndrome later, as opposed to breaking that shell and going, I don't need to know everything. I'm good right where I am. And if I need to learn it, I will. Yeah. I mean, I think, and this goes into a lot of kind of what I like to, to talk about and teach about is how much of society we have um, this very, and I'm going to use the term masculine, but I don't mean male, these, these masculine traits that, that have created the society that we're in. Yeah. It's, it's these, you know, it's very um, uh, competitive, logic-based, all of that, all yeah. things we need. These are not bad things. And yet every, all of the more traditional feminine, right? The feminine energy um, components of ourselves really get diminished yeah. um, in terms of importance, right? Yeah. Intuition, compassion, empathy. And so when we, in, in my opinion, it's hard for us to escape this because it's everywhere and it's in every system in every sector in every part of our lives and so how do we possibly know that we can know something that we have a knowing right that yeah. is within us and that it's okay for us not to know 
that it's okay for us to be vulnerable because that's vulnerable. Oh, absolutely. So I, that is where it's like, because I remember my mom who was very, um, she climbed different corporate ladders and was very successful and did very well for herself. And it was what I saw was that's what I need to do. And as Mm. I stepped into my adulthood, I realized I'll try this. And each time I try it, I'm like, I don't really like it. That's not for me. Yeah. And so I taught myself to not feel like an imposter because I was seeing it more as, oh, I don't like it. And am I maybe an imposter? I will say the one place that I have felt like an imposter most of my adult life is being an adult. Hmm. Like just that idea of being an adult, but it hasn't been in, in these things that I try because I just see them as I'm just trying. Hmm. And Louise, I know you like talking about the experiment. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a, that's a place that I've like recently come to, right? That's not at all what I grew up with or what I carried. And I was really a lot around this perfectionism and just having to have it all, know it all, like be it all, all of the time. And all is a lot. Mm. And I, I think, you know, Michelle, as you're talking, it's like, I got that from my environment and it was, it, it wasn't maybe the real story, but it was the story I created from my environment, right? That so-and-so was successful, so they must know how to be a success, right? Um, so-and-so is is doing this. They must know it all because they're doing a pretty cool job at it, and which just isn't true. But on the outside, we see people, we see a lot of shiny, right? And we see a lot of like, this is, I, I'm showing up and like, like uh, lots of folks are faking it until they make it. Then oh, they're, yeah. they're they're putting it out there, like, and they're fighting the same battles we're fighting inside. But we only see this mask, and we're surrounded by this, and we don't understand there's another layer there. We don't understand that there are, are so many people feeling exactly the same way we feel. And when we know that, when we know that there's this community out there and that we're not alone, I think that's a big part of like, I'm not just taking off my mask, but now I've taken off everyone else's Yeah. All of a sudden I'm feeling so different about myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's sometimes the representative shows up as mm. opposed to the real you. That's so interesting. It was, so there was a comment over on YouTube um, and it said men are carrying this as well. So I do like, there is an acknowledgement. There are three women here on the screen. So we are speaking from that perspective and it's good to hear, right? Because sometimes we say this is an issue that women deal with and we do in some, in, and it is in a different way than men do and men do carry it as well. So I just, I wanted to acknowledge that quickly. Yeah. Really good. I, you know, um, my upbringing, my mother was a school teacher, educator, um, and grades were always important, Um, all of that, but I was the second born, so I always used to say, I think after my sister, she got tired of trying to beat that into us. And my sister lived up to that expectation of um, education. She was extremely smart, didn't have to study for, you know, for grades and anything like that. And I was more of the social one. Like I, if you 
give me something. I will figure it out like a technology thing. I want to learn on my own. I want to be hands on. Whereas my sister would read the manual one, two, three, and then she'd understand it perfectly. So we were, we were definitely different um, learners, if you will. I felt that I didn't feel the pressure that I had to succeed so, so much in school. In fact, I was not somebody who really enjoyed school. I couldn't wait to get out. Um, but I enjoyed being in the workplace to be with people and to learn that way. Like I, the, the collaboration and the, oh, here's something. Let me, let me do it on my own and figure it out. Um, so I don't know that I suffered imposter syndrome then on that side. I think what I suffered imposter syndrome is that I'm not as educated or smart as the other person, but it didn't mean that I wasn't as smart as them. You know, like I, I kind of figured that out as a young adult, just because you have all these degrees doesn't mean you're smarter than me. It's just that you know how to, my, my mother used to say this actually, and I was, I think that was a big breakthrough in our relationship. She said, it doesn't mean that they're smarter. It just means that they know how to take a test better than you. And I thought, oh, wow, that's huge. I took that for years because when I would be, uh, when I had, uh, when I was a hiring manager and I had people who would have to learn something from me, I remembered that so well. People learn differently. Doesn't mean that one's smarter than the other. They, you just have to figure out what their, what their avenue is to to absorb that information. Yeah, and, and we see that so much in conversations around neurodivergency, right? Where and it's yeah. it's both in the work and it's it's definitely in the educational sector and having these conversations in the workplace as well, because that that feeling of being an imposter, because somebody because you're afraid that somebody else is going to think, I don't know what I'm doing because I do it differently. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I speak differently, I show up differently. And yeah. wherever that that whatever type of diversity we're talking about, when you show up in that space, yeah, definitely keep that mask on you. Yeah. One of the things that I started to do, um, I do it in my business and I took it from when I was a hiring manager, is that if somebody was sharing something with me and they it's quick in their mind, I used to shy away from or maybe pretend like I got it right away and I don't do that. And so what I would say is, hold on, I need to process this a little bit slower than you so that I can really understand it. And before, years ago, I would be embarrassed to say that because, of course, it's like, oh, I, I don't know. I can't. And so that imposter mask goes up. But being able to vocalize it that I just need to process it. And I'm not embarrassed if somebody says, oh, you know what this is, right? I'm like, no, I don't. Please explain. So freeing. <laughs> I love that you just said that word, freeing. So freeing. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it it is a way that we can and it's hard because yeah. you don't know where you, you don't know if you're going to face um, somebody who's scrutinizing you or somebody who's going to to speak oh, yeah. not kindly to you. Yeah, and yet stepping into that, and I know when Louise and I were in training, there were a number of people who actually spoke into I process this information differently. Yeah, do you remember when that was happening, Louise? And and the conversations afterwards of how empowering that was to be able to finally put voice to it. That was one of the things that I thought was it. I can imagine 
I've had it in different ways where it is, um, I just don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Right. Yep. And having the power to, or the, the courage to say, I don't understand what's happening is that first step mm -hmm. to allowing, I think to allowing ourselves to, to pull that off a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I just did it the other day with my husband. He was explaining something. He's a fast thinker. And I said to him, don't get frustrated. <laughs> For those who have been married and know, and know what that conversation is like. Don't get frustrated when I'm going to ask you to break this down because I have to process. I don't hear or comprehend or visualize what you're trying to tell me just yet. I'll get there, but I need to process it. So I had to repeat it back. Is this what you're saying? Yes or no. And so that I can understand. But before I would have been like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, and then just feel like kind of like a wallowing flower, you know, like a wilting flower, not really showing up. So I think that's the important thing is to be able to acknowledge you may not have it, but if you can, it, rather than being small, acknowledge that you don't understand something. Well, yeah. And then it becomes like part of your superpower. Yes. Right? When we, because we process things differently, because we see things differently, because we need a different bits of information than someone else. It's yes. like, that's actually really cool. And it's kind of really good for the world that we all don't think the same. Exactly. And, right. And, and, and by, by staying small, by, by letting that, that that phenomenon because it happens all over the world right um yeah. to everyone but by letting that keep us quiet we're actually like missing a huge part of like what's making us special right right and and uh it limits growth right for sure so my husband is listening. He listens to all of our episodes when he's not traveling. And I do want to share something that he he's listening over on YouTube because it echoes, Michelle, what you were saying. It's having the courage to say, I still don't understand, right? So the start of I don't understand is just as freeing as that initial time that you say it. And then having a partner who gives you space, I'm going to apparently toot my own horn here, but having a partner, maybe he has a different partner he's talking about. <laughs> having a partner who gives me space to comprehend adds that freedom. But that second part, right, I'm going to underline that because whatever that partnership is, whether we're in the workplace, whether it's in a, in a, in a personal relationship, in a romantic relationship, having a partner that you trust, yeah. that you can say, that you can lean into that courage. Because even if you're very close to somebody, it still takes a lot of courage to be like, mm, I'm not understanding. Oh, absolutely. Because the first thing the first thing that happens when, when like he'll explain something, he, he's brilliant when it comes to math figures. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. Um, calculating numbers in his head without pen and paper. And there I am with a calculator and pen and, you know, that that's just the way my brain is. But to be able to stop him in his tracks sometimes, it's frustrating for him because his mind is moving that fast. But to be able to say, listen, I want to get on that same page meet me halfway or give me the space to be able to get there is that's work <laughs> in a relationship, whether it's at home or in the office, because we never want to feel different than somebody else. We want to be like, you know, the cool kids, I guess you could say. 
And I feel for people in corporate America that have to deal with that. You know, a boss that's maybe a little too fast and they're not grasping it. And how often does that happen that people fail? They get frustrated and they leave, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I know Louise and I have had conversations about how we process things differently, how we show up differently. And um, there have been times in conversations between the two of us, as much as we, you know, we have a very close relationship. We get along really well. I think I'm going to say that out loud (laughs) to the rest of the world. If not, there's another conversation that's going to have to happen. Right. (laughs) But it's that, it's that, and I think I've even owned it on here before. It's, it's like, there's still that courage of saying, this is what I need to say or hearing something from Louise and then not feeling like, oh, did, do I not know? Do I not? Am I not showing up? Am I not enough? Am I doing too much? Am I over? Whatever those questions are yeah. that come up. And that, you know, those are all flavors that this, this imposter can, yeah. can come up into. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that flavors. That's, that's really, I have to borrow that. You're very welcome to. We have another comment over on LinkedIn from Heidi. The more we normalize to advocate for what we need, the more we provide a safe space for others to say what they need. Then we change the narrative. She's brilliant, this That's Heidi Power. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> the three pillars that I uh, have um, planted in my business is, you know, I want to help people regardless of male or female, because I think that, you know, even though as women, we, we tend to hear more statistics. And even for myself, we kind of shy away from finding our voice. Um, it's to help people find their voice in those difficult conversations. And then, you know, when, when you are trying to figure out what page to be on or how to come together, it's to negotiate that conversation so that there's a win-win, so that everybody is feeling kind of like that kumbaya, if you will. And then I think, you know, from my experience, my both positive and negative experience in being in corporate America is being able to advocate not only for yourself, but for those who you care about who may not have found their voice yet to be able to advocate for themselves. Um, You know, when I was laid off from my job, um, I definitely lost my voice. Could I have handle the situation differently, probably. Would I have kept my job? Maybe. But my voice just completely went out the window. And so that was one of the reasons that that soul searching for the last three years about losing your voice to speak up for what your value is. That's part of the imposter syndrome as well. Like, I I can't do that, you know? So breaking that down was really important. Yeah. Um, You said something earlier, um, Michelle, about, you know, kind of talking to your imposter, right? To say like, thanks, but like sit down and take a load off. Um, (laughs) I've kind of got this. And I, and I see that imposter, like the presence of it, like when it, when it really like starts to, to tingle in us, when we actually can start to feel it, yeah. or hear it, yeah. that's telling us something really important, right? Like we're probably in a really uncomfortable space, doing something new, doing something that's really important to us. And that imposter is just wanting us to be safe, uh, to be small because small is safe. Right. Uh, 
for us, right? Yep. And so, so it, it's it's activating for a reason. Um, but I think it's something to really pay attention to because I think it's pointing us in a direction to say, like, this is the the thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This is the important thing. That's why I'm here yeah. um, because it's important. Um, yeah, I I agree, and I see that, but I also feel that sometimes we we make it up and it gets in our own way. And so when I'm being silly about something, I, I, I think that sometimes when imposter syndrome shows up for me, it's, um, I feel like it's uh, less important sometimes. And so that's why I want to like park it. You know, remember. So what I do is I try and celebrate, okay, what, what wins did I have today? What, what, did, what can I celebrate? What's the value I bring to the table? So when I can go into that kind of conversation, I can kind of move imposter syndrome away. Now, when imposter syndrome comes up because I'm learning something new, that's when I see that, yeah, it's a sign. It's uncomfortable. You got to push through it. You'll get to the other side. Those, that's when it's lessons learned or you're learning. Yeah. You know, I said earlier that I think that the place that I felt most this uh, an imposter is adulting. Um, Louise, what you just said is um, small keeps us safe. And I think the reason why um, the aha that I had here was that reason why so much in in my, maybe not in my legal world, I did feel as an attorney, I did feel there were times I was like, uh, I should not be responsible for doing this right now. <laughs> but it, definitely in my corporate and my nonprofit world, I played small. Mm. And I played small because I wanted to stay safe because I was focused on the rest of my life. I wasn't as focused on what I was doing. I was doing fine. I had good jobs that well paying. I was what I was creating good work in the world, but I was playing small. Mm. And, and so what uh, that aha was is, yeah, I do feel like an imposter when I'm stepping up to that growth edge, when I'm stepping into that next space of, what's next and i have and and i'm i'm acting as if right it's yeah. not just the facing the what what's next it's the okay i i'm gonna take this step and i'm just gonna fake it till i make it right i'm just yeah. gonna act as if and that for sure will have those feelings of i don't know what the hell i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> i just don't and I think right to that point of having those conversations with ourselves, it's the, you're right. You never do when you do something the first time or 15 times, whatever. Yeah. How long takes. it takes you to learn. Yeah. So um, in this conversation, we've been, we've talked about our own personal journeys with imposter syndrome. We've talked about a little, a few things that we can do. We've talked about, right, that navigating um, and negotiating and advocating for each other. I'm curious what our, um, as we start to wrap up here a little bit, what are our um, takeaways? What are our golden nuggets? What are those things that we want to make sure that we're remembering from this conversation? I, I think, think, oh, go ahead. Oh, you both, yay. <laughs> we're excited about sharing. <laughs> go ahead, Louise. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say like the, this whole conversation is my nugget today. We don't talk enough about what's going on with us. Um, and that 
that's the the key to getting over our, like getting through that imposter syndrome for taking that mask off to knowing that we're not alone um, talking about it, asking questions, um, we can find our way through together. And so this whole conversation uh, kind of gives me tingles today um, because we are talking about something that everyone everywhere feels at one time or another. And if we just talked about it, we normalized it a little bit more, um, like Heidi was saying, then 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 it's, it's not going to be such a big deal. We're going to be able to play bigger um, and in the game we want to play. Yeah, that's so good. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I also feel that um, when you said, um, you, you, oh, I just missed it, went right out of my head, but it was something about playing bigger, you know, remembering that you're not alone in feeling like you have to protect yourself. You know, there's defenses that we do so that we do protect our well-being and that's uh, human nature but knowing that you're not alone that people are doing the same thing what we see sometimes on social media what we see in even in the workplace or whatever is sometimes people are showing their representatives and not their true selves and it that vulnerability screen that can come over come down and you can start to open up it, it just kind of it helps that journey of being a little bit bigger. It helps you move into that um, bigger step because I've definitely played small at times and know, and don't you, you know, Kim, don't you know when you're playing small? Like you, it, it, it's 100%, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden you move into something bigger and you go, well, that wasn't that scary at all. You know, nope, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I did it. Yay. You know, that kind of thing. Um, what yeah, took me I, so long? Yeah. <laughs> We showed up at the party now, you know, um, <laughs> but I, I do think that, um, you know, for me, it's reminding myself that what we see sometimes out there and we do that comparison and what have you, it's somebody's representative yeah. sometimes. It's not always the true person. So. Absolutely. I love that. And I love the idea of the representatives, right? We, um, both Louise and I have done some some work within uh, internal family systems. So this idea of parts, right? So the different parts of us, these different representatives. I've done some oh, work yeah. with positive intelligence. So around saboteurs, they're all just it's all different words for that same idea of yeah. like what part, what mask, what representative is showing up for us yeah. in this moment. Yeah. So I love it. And yeah, I think I already shared my aha was like, yeah, you're right. I was, uh, yeah, those times where I thought I sh should have imposter syndrome, right? It's like, oh, well, that was where I, I was doing that thing. I should have had imposter syndrome, but I didn't. Why didn't yeah. I have it? Because I was actually playing smaller than I needed to. So, yeah. oh, oh my gosh. I just had the aha moment of when you're playing small, you can almost feel like you're overly confident. Mm -hmm. And yet you're just staying in that small lane as opposed to really kind of stretching and growing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool conversation. So Michelle, where can people um, find you out in the world? Sure. Thank you for asking. So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I frequently hang out there, but I also have a website, um, heartmetrics.com. Um, I am open to taking strategy calls with people if they want to find out more about me and my services. 
Um, I do have other social media sites, but I find that uh, LinkedIn, especially in the business world, is one that I most frequently hang out in. Um, and I also have a podcast. So there's um, the Heart Inspired Podcast. Uh, I've been doing this series right now is on resilience. I've had some amazing guests talking about some of their uh, expertise in that or their experiences. So um, the podcast will be running in through the end of June. And then I'm going to take a little hiatus and then probably pick it up back in the fall. Fantastic. Um, and it is a great, um, uh, it's absolutely a great, I was going to say episode, but it's a great podcast. I did listen to several of them and it's, you're having, I agree, you're having some great conversations yeah. that people could really benefit from. Um, I'm glad. So, um, hi, Dr. Alex, glad you're with us. And Heidi, I am so glad that you had an aha as well. A couple more comments that were dropped in there. Louise, do you remember what's up next for us? Uh Yes, when you flash it across the screen, I'll know exactly that we're doing emotional freedom with Taz Vaquez um, next week. And uh, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a, an awesome conversation with Taz next week. And we had an awesome conversation with Michelle this week. Okay. No, not an awesome conversation. A kick-ass conversation. A kick-ass conversation. <laughs> I love that. Love the title. <laughs> Michelle, great. thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We're so glad that you've been here and everybody who joined us live and who's checking us out on the replay um, on any of the places that we are, including wherever you catch podcasts. Louise, do you great. have any final words for us? No, thank you, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, have a great weekend and take care. Bye, everyone. Bye for Bye. now.